This is episode 137 of the Landscape Photography Show, and before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors, Nature Photographers Network. Right now, you can go to naturephotographers.network and sign up for a year membership for $49, but there's more. Since you're listening to the podcast, they're giving you an extra 10% off when you use the code LPS10. Now, your next question is going to be, what do I get with that and what's the value included with it? Well, what do you get with it is access to a great community of other landscape photographers and professional photographers interacting with you within that. You're getting image critiques right off the bat. You're getting free webinars. You're getting exclusive articles and much, much more. Like I said, this is direct access to your favorite photographers to give you direct feedback on your photos to help you improve as a photographer. You know, I don't I don't partner with a lot of people on the podcast. I partner with NPN because I know what they're about and I know that I can believe in them because their efforts and their fundamentals are exactly in line with the podcast. So if you enjoy the podcast, you're going to love Nature Photographers Network. Once again, naturephotographers.network and sign up for a year membership using the code LPS10 for 10% off of that membership. Now, in today's podcast, we're talking with photographer Mark Denny. I think Mark Denny is somebody who at the beginning would love Nature Photographers Network and now would love to contribute to Nature Photographers Network because in this podcast, we're talking about going from beginner to pro photographer. It's a two-part episode. In this first part, we're going to be hitting the journey that Mark has been on in just a short handful of years going from beginner to pro, making a full-time income just with landscape photography. We're going to be talking about how he did that, the ins and the outs, what his philosophies are, and much, much more. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're here with Mark Denny. Now, if you don't know Mark Denny and you don't know what he's done in the past handful of years, it's pretty remarkable, actually. Mark has gone from a complete beginner in photography for the most part, taking some workshops and then going pro in just a very handful of years. And that's what I wanted to talk to Mark today about. But If you don't really trust that story, just look at his YouTube page and over 200,000 subscribers as of now. Mark, welcome into the podcast. And and first, why don't you give us an idea of who you are, how you got started, and what brought you to where you are right now? So, uh, hey, everyone. Um, My name is Mark Denny. I'm a full-time landscape photographer based out of North Carolina. And kind of always had this on again, off again, kind of love affair with photography from when I was a kid. But, you know, when I went to college, that, uh, I guess, attractiveness, if you will, to photography quickly waned. And I didn't pay attention to photography. I didn't pick up a camera. I didn't even own a camera in college. And I didn't go to school for anything in the visual arts. So it was just something that was completely dismissed. And I didn't start paying attention again to photography really seriously until about eight years ago. I think I got a Canon Rebel TI Niner. I I don't even know what the the naming convention of it is. But I uh, started to, to kind of dabble around in that. And, you know, much like anything or any 
anyone who's into photography can probably relate to this, that it uh, once the bug gets you, it's really, really hard to, to kind of shake it off. And after kind of dabbling around with uh, just, you know, trying to get better at the camera again, like I was when I was younger, and I started to do it a little bit more and a little bit more. And I started to get to the point where I was like, you know what? maybe I could make some money doing this. So it kind of turned into this little side hustle. I was still in the corporate world and I was very happy doing that. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, if I could just find a way to maybe pay for the a camera lens or maybe buy a new camera bag or maybe buy a plane ticket to go somewhere, that would be a win. And once I did that, then I said, oh, maybe I can buy a new camera body. And it just kind of built from there. And it just, the, the side hustle, turned into a, a real passion of mine and then uh kind of the, the rest is history it's kind of a long long-winded answer i feel like like the ultimate camera that you get when you first start out is like the rebel t whatever they're on i think mine was a t2i when i started yeah it seems it's the rebel t something or the nikon d3200 yeah <laughs> exactly everybody seems to start with because i bought one of those too so I have both of them. Let's go for kind of setting up this journey for you, going from beginner to pro where you are right now. Starting out, where were you skill-wise and, and even where were you confidence-wise? So, um, oh, that's a good question. You know, confidence-wise, mm, I, I, I think I had false hope. I think I'm generally a fairly confident person in most of the things that I kind of set out to do, because if I'm not good at it, I'm going to figure it out. It's just kind of like my mentality. I, I've got a little bit of OCD. So if uh, I know that if I'm not going to perform well at something, I'm going to figure it out how to get better at it. And skill wise, I mean, I was a complete total novice. You know, I, I wasn't using the automatic modes. Well, I shouldn't say that I wasn't using fully automatic mode. The majority of the time I was using aperture priority, but at that time in the very beginning stages, I really didn't even pay attention to landscape or outdoor photography. I had my mindset that I wanted to kind of turn this into a little bit of a side hustle. And I thought to myself, well, the only way to do that is to really take photos of people. So I started taking, uh, you know, kind of marketing on Facebook, uh, like little portrait sessions or photographing events and, and things like that. And I and I did not a ton of them. I mean, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 of those. And I quickly realized that I really just didn't enjoy it very much. I, uh, I it made me nervous and kind of anxious to to have to pose or tell people how to kind of stand and how to look. And it was just, it, it, to me, it just felt very, very awkward. So um, I, I'm trying to remember exactly the very first landscape photo or photo that, that I would consider a landscape photo was actually taken at a lake in my neighborhood. And I remember I went there before sunrise and I got there like an hour before sunrise, which at that time I was like, why in, in the world did I do this? So I sat there forever and I just remember it was so enjoyable. It was so relaxing. It was so peaceful. That was the only person there and never saw a car or anything. And I took an absolutely horrendous photograph. I actually took about 20 versions of this horrible photo, <laughs> but I just remember it was just so enjoyable and just so kind of peaceful and tranquil. And then that was really, when I started to, to gravitate more towards outdoor photography, just because it was relaxing and just like very chilled out. And I, and I really like that. 
And for those of you watching live on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram, let us know how you started and, and maybe where you are on the journey right now, beginner, intermediate, maybe you're more on the professional side. But, but Mark, in that journey, how did you build your confidence coming out of that? I mean, you just talked about that first little trip you took to your lake um, and, and going from that and then building your confidence. What, what were your steps that you took? I really started to listen to podcasts. I really just got to a point to where I, I wanted to consume as much information on landscape photography as I possibly could. You know, after that very first initial attempt that I just mentioned, I wish I had the photo. Um, oh, anyway, it's tucked away somewhere. But um, I started to, that was kind of the moment where I was like, oh, okay, I, I really enjoy this. I want to do more of these. And I started to just kind of look things up on the internet. Um, read articles, uh, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, just to try and teach myself as much information as I possibly could on the genre of landscape photography. And that was really where I would say the kind of bug really, really did to, to kind of get a hold of me is when I started to, you know, learn a little bit more that increased my confidence. And the more that I learned, the more that I felt that I enjoyed it a little bit better because I had an idea of what I wanted to do, or I had an idea of how to compose, or I had an idea of the, the best time of day to photograph under certain conditions. And the more I learn it, the more kind of momentum, it's kind of like the snowball rolling down a hill kind of a analogy. Would you say that's how most people get rolling? That snowball rolling down a hill is, is the building confidence goes? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that once you learn a little bit, it leads to a lot. And but you it's kind of like the the first couple of steps are the hardest part. But once you can get over those hurdles and you start to see a little bit of momentum, it's kind of like when you start working out at the gym. The first few weeks are brutal. You can't even walk down your stairs. You can't lift your arm. Everything hurts. You're wondering why on earth you're doing this. But the second you notice a difference and you then you look at yourself, you're like, oh, OK all right, I can see a little something coming out here. Then you kind of have that, 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 that gusto to kind of keep going back and you want to get better and better and better. And I remember the first time I took a landscape photograph that I looked at and I was like, you know what? That's not horrible. It's maybe a two out of 10, as opposed to a zero out of 10 where I was at, that was huge for me. I was like, okay, all right. And it just got to this point to where I couldn't stop thinking about it. I, I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. And it was just, I became absolutely obsessed over it. But yeah, I think that that's how a lot of people kind of get that momentum is when you when you first see that improvement, then it's all history from there. Then you're hooked. Is that when you would say you started to turn a corner? Um, no, I, I don't think it was then because th this was so many years ago. This was probably like, seven years ago when i really started to feel like i was getting a little bit better i would say that i started to turn a quarter a corner when i really started to think about could this possibly be something that i could make a full-time career out of and when i started when that started to slowly become a possibility that was when i i think i i started to turn a quarter because my mindset completely shifted from side hustle to maybe, maybe I can make it become a career. And I would say that that was when uh, 
I think I started to work even harder. I tried to learn even more. And the, the, the days and the hours that I put into it got very, very long. And uh, I, did, I quickly just became obsessed with trying to turn that side hustle into a, a full-time career. But I think that that transition, when it started to feel like it could possibly be a reality, is when that really started to shift. Hey guys, real quick, a word from our sponsor, Nature Photographers Network, a place where you can be involved in a community of like-minded photographers, plus have access to several professional photographers, probably a heavy list of your favorites, including William Neal, TJ Thorne, Alex Noriega, David Kingham, Jennifer Renwick, Matt Payne, the list goes on and on and on and on plus myself giving feedback on there as well. If you want to sign up, you can go to naturephotographers.network and sign up for a year membership for $49 plus an extra 10% off of that because you're listening to the podcast right now when you use the code LPS10. So again, that's naturephotographers.network and use the code LPS10. Let's get back to our discussion with Mark. When you shift that confidence and that mindset, you know, so many people, when they start with landscape photography, one of their biggest worries is confidence. Am I good enough? Am I doing this right? In that mindset, how did you create one of positivity and one that you knew you were going to move forward with this and really tackle it head on? I don't know. I'm trying to think exactly kind of back in time. Exactly. It just got to a point to where you know, I'm a, I'm a naturally positive person anyway. I, uh, I, my wife might not disagree. She would probably say I'm a pessimist, but I, I think I'm an optimist. <laughs> but um, I'm always thinking of if there, if something looks glaringly like it's going to be a negative, I will definitely try and figure out to put some type of spin on it to make it more positive or something that'll be more beneficial to myself. And sure, there was a, a ton of, you know, downtimes, a ton of, uh, not not downtime, like there's nothing to do, but times that just things did not seem like they were going to work out in my favor. But throughout my entire life, whenever I was not good at anything, I kind of knew that there was a good chance that I could outwork myself to get to a point to where I could improve. And I just knew that if I just continue with that same thought track that I've had my entire life, that I can dig myself out of any type of potential situation I was in because there was there's a couple of times, even just a few years ago, where I was like, I'm just I'm not good enough to do this. I don't have what it takes. And then, you know, you have that bad day and then, you know, that's that's the beauty of the of the sun. It comes up the next day. You have a fresh start again and you can easily shift your perspective. So I think just having that mindset for myself really, really helped out on those days where I kind of lacked a little bit of confidence, just knowing that I could work myself out of this hole. How have you worked on that? Like as we go on, you know, and I know you alluded to it just a second ago, imposter syndrome can sneak up on you in photography, especially when we're inundated with photos every single day. How do you maintain that? Like when you went pro to where you are now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I think it's something that all photographers are always trying to strive is, is how to be unique, how to make your photos stand out. And I think that a kind of a turning point for me is when I started to see photographers work that I followed and I would see one of their photographs pop up, let's say on Instagram and without seeing who posted it, I would instantly know whose it was. And when 
I don't think everybody can do that. I think it takes a little bit of skill. Like when I was first starting out, there was no way I could be able to see a photograph and tell whose photo it was. But I think as you be, as you kind of progress with your, your editing and your post-processing and the way that you compose a photograph, you start to realize what you like in your own photos and what you appreciate in your own work. And you can also see that translated into other people's work. So when I started to be able to, to notice other people's images based off of the photograph itself or the way that they edited it, that was something that really stuck out for me because I was like, that's kind of like the ultimate goal, in my opinion, is, is for people to, to identify your work without your name being on it. And that's something that I, I, I'm always striving to do. And, you know, it's I'm nowhere even close to that point yet. But every once in a while, I'll get a comment from someone and say like they were scrolling through something and they're like, oh, I knew this was your photo before I even saw your name on. It. And to me, that's like the, the ultimate compliment, because I think that's a, a, a great kind of a unique stamp that uh, you have on uh, on your own work. Now that you are pro and you're doing this full time, I would I would consider that the definition of a professional. Um, now that you are pro in photography is the drive different than when you started and you were hustling to make this a full-time gig yeah totally and the the timing of all this is really ironic i'm actually working on a video for next week all about going pro and because this is actually my four-year anniversary this month and it's been on kind of on the top of my mind a lot this entire month just kind of reflecting and thinking back of it all on everything but oh my gosh i forgot the question now dang it well, just <laughs> hit me with it again. <laughs> just the drive, like, is yeah. the drive now of actually being pro, is it different than when you started and you were trying to do it pro? Yeah, so it's, it's the, I think what I noticed the most now is that when it was a side hustle or I was trying to get to a point to where I could go pro, the photography took center stage. And now it almost feels like, I mean, some months will go by and the photography is like in last place. It's not even in the same auditorium, let alone center stage, but cause there's so many other things from, you know, workshops or, or I mean, you know, the, the financial aspect of it all to the marketing side of things to, there's just so many other things that go into play to uh, with, with full-time landscape photography that, a lot of times the photography aspect kind of gets kind of, you know, lost in translation a little bit. Someone had left a, a comment on a video a couple of weeks ago and it kind of it really stuck with me then because they said that when you become a professional, you have all the time in the world to photograph and that's how professionals get better. And I, I completely disagree because I've never had less time ever. And I think that at least every professional photographer I know would echo that same sentiment that they have less time now to do actual photography than ever. You mean, I feel like you have the most time when it's, when it's uh, kind of a hobby. But the drive, to get back to your question, the drive has been burning you know, or the fire has been burning, you know, hotter than ever for me to, to constantly get improved, to, to continually improve. I kind of have that mentality of always wanting to get better. And it's one of my favorite aspects of photography is that you really can't perfect it, at least in my mind, maybe somebody has, I don't know who they are, but I think that like how boring would something be if you perfected it? And like, there was nowhere to go. You figured everything out I feel like that would be the most boring thing in the world. Cause like, what are you going to do? 
you just kind of keep doing what you're doing. But with photography, I think you can always get better. There's always something to learn. There's always something to improve upon. There's always different techniques. So uh, my drive to improve is kind of, I feel like it, it builds every year. I think like from my experience too, in doing this, um, that second that you feel like you have mastered it, you lose complete motivation in what you're actually going out and shooting. And then that's when you start shooting less. And that's when you start to realize, hey, maybe I should take a different approach, try a different technique, learn something new. And I think that's the beauty of photography, whether you are a beginner just starting out or intermediate or whether you are a pro, is there are always these little techniques to learn and that can be on your camera in your settings that could be using a different lens or a different technique with your camera in the field that could be lightroom photoshop you know sharpening an image in a, in a separate platform there's so many ways that you can learn and grow and, and get better uh, now that you are doing so well, Mark, what are some of those things that you're learning right now to keep you uh, ready, to keep you on edge, and to keep you willing to improve constantly day after day? So I have, and I've, I've spoke about this a, a few times, but I feel like when, I don't know, I don't want to speak for others, but when I, when I first started out, the very first lens I got, uh, that wasn't a kit lens, was a wide angle lens and that's all that I had. So naturally all of my photographs were wide angle photographs and I loved it. You know, that was, um, I mean, I think uh, the Grand Vista is still an extremely popular style of photography, but it really was uh, quite a few years ago as well. And I kind of got in this, uh, I don't want to say a rut, but like all every one of my photographs were taken with this same lens and that's what I was used to composing with. And and once I started to get, uh, you know, other lenses, I would just buy an, an even better wide angle lens or maybe an even wider lens, an ultra wide lens. So, so many of my photographs were the, were the Grand Vista, which I still absolutely love. But uh, what year is it? 2022. So last year I was at the Out of Acadia conference and I was uh, working with uh, Sarah Marino and, and Ann Belmont. And they they have inspired me so much to just kind of think a little bit differently. And after hanging out with them um, in uh, Acadia and in the Smokies this spring, I have just had such a uh, an attraction to smaller scenes. Now, not, not necessarily like macro stuff, but just looking th at things a little bit differently than I used to. So I would say some of my favorite photographs that I've captured this year aren't the typical wide scenes that I, I go after. Now, a lot of them are, are taken with a telephoto lens, not shooting off into the distance, but shooting down or just finding little abstract scenes. And I think that that is something that not only has improved my photography, but perhaps most importantly, has made me enjoy photography even more. Because when I, when I used to go to a scene to capture my wide angle scene, because that's all I was really used to doing, if the sky wasn't cooperating, if it was a bland sky, I can't tell you how many times I would just pack stuff, pack up my stuff and go home because that's kind of, I guess, a drawback a little bit on a, on a grand vista is if the sky isn't interesting, it's going to kind of ruin your shot because more than likely the sky is going to create or going to have a large proportion of your image. or It's going to cover a large portion of your image. So you kind of need an, an interesting sky. 
but being able to kind of shift your focus to maybe a smaller scene, maybe not looking straight out, but looking down or looking against a cliff or, or whatever it is. Maybe it's just a close-up shot of moving water. There's so many different ways to capture a scene without just capturing the grand vista. And by me kind of practicing these smaller scenes, it's it increased my confidence. I got a little bit better. But now I feel like I can go to a location and regardless of what the conditions are, still come away with something that is uh, is interesting. And, and to me, that's kind of my my ultimate goal is to always try and be able to create something that, I, that I'm uh, inspired by, regardless whether there's fog or mist or, a, you know, an epic sunrise or sunset. Well, I think that plays into what you were talking about earlier, too, of being a consistently positive person and having that right spin because somebody could easily go into that situation and say, well, you know what? I didn't even get anything today. I'm just going to pack it up. And you know what? Tomorrow, I'm just going to stay in bed. I'm going to hit the snooze button because ain't nothing happening out here right now. And I, I think having that positive spin, having that mindset of going out and learning these new techniques helps you come away with way more photos in the can than you would originally having a, a more negative outset. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't tell you how I used to, to stare at weather apps constantly. I was obsessed with that app clear outside to, that uh, measures the, the likelihood of high clouds versus low clouds or medium clouds to predict a, a sunset or sunrise. And I can't tell you how many times I, I wouldn't even go because the app said that it was the, the likelihood or the conditions were not going to be there. And now I really don't, I mean, I still pay attention to the weather, of course, but I don't, I don't pay attention to cloud cover quite as much as I used to. I'll still check it from time to time, but I don't obsess over it mainly because I just, I feel more confident now that I, I don't need the optimal conditions to create something. What's your subscriber count right now? I don't know, actually. Um, it's, do I numbers think, matter to I think a, be, a better question, do numbers even matter to you? No, I mean, I, I think that I, I do pay attention a little bit, but I think it's like around 215,000 right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I got to a point to where I started to pay too much attention, not necessarily to like subscriber numbers, but to analytics. You know, because of course, you know, you, we put a lot of effort into these videos and I want to make sure that I'm creating content that people want to watch and i got to a point where i was kind of paying a little bit too much attention to analytics and it, it started to create a uh an unhealthy mindset for myself you know where you're just kind of sitting there like refreshing the app on your phone over and over and over again and it's just uh it, it, it wasn't healthy anymore but i would say the last year i haven't paid nearly as much attention overall as i used to i've, I've put a a major effort this year into kind of my own mental health and making sure that I'm not working myself to the bone because, well, anyone who's kind of watched my older videos knows that I kind of looked at this whole full-time photography as an experiment. I gave myself 12 months. I was like, if, this, if it works out, then I'll continue for another 12 months. And now it's been four years. So now I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, this is my full-time career. I cannot go back to the corporate world because how am I going to explain it and be like, all right, Mr. Denny, what have you been doing the last four years? <laughs> so that doesn't look that great. So this is what I got. This is what I got to do forever now. And, and I'm so grateful for that opportunity, but I have to think uh, longevity and I can't, I'm going to be useless if I burn myself out. So I've put a lot of effort into 
you know, my own mental health and trying to make sure that I position myself to be the most effective version of myself for the longest amount of time possible. Would you say that YouTube is the attribute that has helped you go pro so fast? Yeah, absolutely. I think YouTube, and I, and I still believe this, I think YouTube is probably the best way to get yourself out there as fast as possible. Um, it's definitely not a, a quick fix. It's a ton of work to do it, um, to, you know, however you want to do it. But uh, I do think that that was a, a huge catalyst for myself. That and, and uh, out of Chicago, they gave me a, a lot of opportunities in the very beginning to, to prove myself, which I'm uh, forever grateful to, to Chris Smith and those guys there. But um, yeah, I think, I think YouTube definitely launched things for me. There's, there's so many photographers who want to do YouTube and look at it as a way to grow their business as a photographer and go full-time. How are photographers not using YouTube correctly? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I, I still feel like I'm trying to, to kind of figure it out. I think the tough thing about these things, like, you know, and now we got Vero kind of making a comeback and, and, and Instagram's been on the down. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion, but I feel like these platforms, they, they change constantly and it's kind of hard to not only decipher the changes, but also understand when changes are happening and understanding how you're going to position yourself to take advantage of the change. And I'm at the point now to where I really am not paying a whole lot of attention to all these changes on social media. I kind of just continue to do what I do. And as long as things are working somewhat, then I'm just going to keep doing it. But I'm not 100% certain how other photographers are using YouTube, but I, I definitely believe that it's a great way to just get people to see who you are and you know hear your voice, maybe hear what you have to say and see your photographs. I just think it's a lot more of an engaging experience for the viewer as opposed to maybe just seeing a photograph on, on Twitter or, or Instagram. What are the ways that you're organizing your videos specifically to help you grow? And, and kind of how do you go about choosing those topics that are right for your audience? So I started creating something that I call it. It's a parking lot. This is kind of a carryover from my, my corporate days. But whenever I get just an idea, I just put it in this digital notepad on my, on my iPhone. It's nothing fancy. I think it's, it's the notepad app that comes with your phone. And I just kind of take these ideas and put them in the parking lot as soon as they pop into my mind. And that list is now over 150 uh, video ideas. So every week I'll just kind of pop in there and figure out, you know, what's something that jumps out at me? What do I think is something that might um, interest other people? What is something that I would have found useful, you know, five or six years ago? And that's kind of where I get a lot of my ideas because a lot of the things that I talk about are kind of teaching to a former version of myself. That's one of the most powerful things I've ever heard is teaching to a former version of yourself. And when I first heard, heard that, I was like, what does that even mean? But you, you kind of got to stop and think about it for a second, but everybody was a beginner at something at some point. So if you can really tap into that experience when you were starting out and create something that would have helped your former self, 
there's a good, good chance that that information will help somebody else who's getting started in, in whatever that is, whether it's swimming or golf or photography or, or whatever it is. But I always try and figure out, you know, what is something that I would have found beneficial five to, to eight years ago? Because in my experience, those are things that will definitely help out other people as well. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Once again, this is a two-part episode. So part two is going to be next week. Now, if you haven't already, please go ahead and go to Apple Podcast and review this podcast. Tell us what you like and tell us what other people would like as well. It would really help spread this podcast to more and more people, inspire more photographers, and help more photographers as well, which is what this podcast is all about. We'll see you next week when we conclude this episode with Mark Denny.